Before we get into today's episode, let me tell you about patreon.com slash the Delvin Cox Experience. There, you can listen to episodes two days earlier, as well as get exclusive shows such as So Tell Me, an introspective podcast by my crazy life hosted by Chalfie, the D&D podcast, an entertainment podcast with Delvin Jr. talking about all things pop culture, On Shuffle, a music podcast hosted by Mike Fowler, and much, much more. So go to patreon.com slash the Delvin Cox Experience. That's patreon.com slash the Delvin Cox Experience. I want to give a special shout out to Patreon producer Mikey Famine, host of the Ben Podcast and Dig on America. Thank you. Welcome back. Our final interview for this series on gun control. At least it's the, it's the final official interview. We're going to do a whole kind of like people round up. We're going to get people together and have a discussion about it. But our final interview is my boy Country Boy from the Cut Podcast and the Black History Podcast that people know and love. He's a regular on the show. He's going to give his thoughts on gun control and his opinions on things and enlighten people. So, we're going to do this one. The next week, we're going to have the grand finale where we talk to a group of people about their thoughts on gun controls and their thoughts about the series. All right. Welcome, everybody. Continuing the conversation about gun control, I got my boy Mike. You may know from the One Mike Black History Podcast, or you may know from The Cut. He's been on the show multiple times. He's, a, I guess I can call him a black historian. So I call him an expert earlier today. I, yeah. I called an expert earlier today, so I'll take it. Yeah, so let's just call him an expert. I think that works perfectly. <laughs> so we're having a conversation about the whole situation with guns and, you know, the Second Amendment, things like that, and the right to own and bear arms and what where does the boundaries lie. So I thought it would be good to get a little history from you about the history of guns, how it applies to black people, why gun, gun laws are so prevalent today. Because we had a conversation before about this. But I think, based off of this, I think it's more appropriate to touch on that conversation a little bit again, but I'll go in a little bit more detail. So, Mike, to your knowledge, where do these gun laws come from? Do we need them? Why do we have them? And wow. what's your thoughts on them? Wow. Um, so, <clears throat> one of the biggest problems that uh, white Americans had and what they were afraid of. And this is something that I just recently found out because I didn't, I didn't make this correlation um, until recently, but they were always afraid of retribution from black people of a Negro uprising, the idea of a Negro uprising. This has been planted in their DNA 
from slavery times. And one of the big catalysts for that was the Haitian uprising. They saw the people of Haiti, the, the enslaved people of Haiti, kick the kick Francis' ass up out of a space. This was not that native country. They were brought here. You know, they they aren't the natives. The Taino people were the natives there in Haiti. And they kicked them up out of their country and then took it for themselves. And the people of the United States from that point looked back and were like, yo, we can't, that can't happen here. And um, if you look at the 1860 census, there were places in the especially in the South where slaves outnumbered their white counterparts almost as much as two to one. There, wow. there was a there was a if they kept on the the rate that they were um, ugh, producing slaves. We could we could say mass producing slaves. Mass, mass producing slaves. Yeah, I was trying to not trying to figure out a word that would sound wouldn't sound like you know you making these motherfuckers in a lab. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if they kept on the rate they were mass producing slaves, they would outnumber white people by some point, and that was just terrified them, terrified them. So after uh, during. Reconstruction. After Reconstruction fell apart, you saw a lot of laws that limited gun control, the ability for slaves, enslaved people, newly freed people, freedmen from owning weapons. A lot of places in the South, they would have things like you couldn't own a shotgun, you couldn't own a buck knife. Florida was notorious for this, where they had like God, like you couldn't own a knife. Like, what am I supposed to do without a damn knife in fucking Florida? Of all places, you've seen Florida. Everything in Florida can kill you. Yeah. <laughs> so, fast forward, um, especially after great after both World War One, World War Two, it's a lot of laws trying to limit the amount of guns that could be owned by African Americans because this entire time it's the same narrative. They were afraid that black people would have an uprising and the idea the i just a general idea of african-americans own guns was enough to scare the shit out of people into saying okay we don't want we don't want this to happen now what's interesting is that uh in 1968 well 1966 the panthers the black panthers were created but in 1967 um well We'll start from the beginning. 66, they were, the Panthers were created. The idea here is they were created to protect the people of the Oakland Bay area from police brutality. But they were going to do it with loaded weapons. Like, I'm going to follow your ass around with open carry weapons because the California state law at the time basically said that I could... <clears throat> I could have an open carry weapon as long as it was a rifle and it wasn't pointed at anybody. So this is what they did. They followed around the police in their neighborhoods, um, protecting themselves from police brutality. Now, this scared the shit out of white folks, scared the shit out of white folks. So they quickly um, came up with the Mumford Act. Mumford Act basically said that we made open carry in um, California illegal, right? Black Panthers say, you know what? We're going to send 30, 30 Panthers down there to protest the Mumford Act. So they drive to Sacramento in, I think it's like May 2nd, 1968, and go protest and barge in to the assembly hall with weapons and guns. And while they get kicked out really quickly, they, the, the, the leader, the guy who, whose bill this was, was like, 
See, this is this is exactly the thing I'm trying to protect you from. Look at these niggas. And um, while during that time, reporters are following around. It's a lot of pictures of the Panthers with get with guns, carrying up up in the air. Nah, nigga. So they get kicked out. They go home to Sacramento. They actually got arrested, ended up getting arrested later and charged with a felony. But that's not the point here. The point is, is that those pictures got disseminated to the masses. Those pictures quickly got the Mumford Act passed. Those pictures led to the Gun Control Act of 1968, where they specifically targeted guns that African-Americans like to use, like to carry to prevent them from having weapons. That that act, the, the Gun Control Act of 1968, was supported by the NRA. The same people who tell me that we don't never want, we don't want any type of gun control. Well, in 1968, they were they were totally okay with you taking weapons because of these scary Negroes carrying around weapons, right? Very interesting, right? And and because of the Mumford Act, because they were going around carrying weapons, they caught the eye of J. Edgar Hoover, who then by 1969 was calling them the greatest threat to the eternal security of the country <laughs> saying that you guys, you guys are a menace fucking menace to society and made them the primary threat of Cointel pro. So from that one protest, like it, it pretty much led us to the place we are now. And a lot of white people, when they saw this, they saw what they, you know, the gun, um, the gun control act 1968, this led a lot of rural white people to say, Okay, they're not taking my guns. <laughs> You're not taking my guns. So this actually accelerated this whole uh gun fanatic America that we live in, that we live in today. You know, it's 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 very interesting the power that a black man with guns has and how this really affects and scares and frightens white people to the point where they're like. Nah, they're willing to give up their freedoms to prevent you from having a gun. This is where we at. <laughs> it's very fascinating that this is kind of the way it started. Like we start getting these laws and things like that because black people started taking up arms and following the laws that were created for them and kind of in many ways beating the system. Right. Even though I'll tell you that what they were trying to do. That was they played it wrong. <laughs> y'all, y'all played it. You played it completely, completely wrong. They should have never shown up to Sacramento. And if you did show up to Sacramento, you can't show up there with loaded weapons. Like, cuz, come on, cuz. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> it's it's really interesting how we go from what was going on in the sixties with the Black Panthers and things like that to where we at today, where this gun control issue is such a hot topic. And it's so not, divisive. It's so divisive. And for the most part, it's not being led by black people. No. It's being no. led by white people and white people. White people and white people mm-hmm. about the right to carry arms. And it always goes back to the right to protect people. Themselves. Diff- themselves and people. Like whether it's themselves. Or people yeah. that either sport a lot of times, a lot of times, because we live in a society. Like we live in a society where people are like very me, 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 me. So a lot of this stuff is like, I'm just here to protect myself and my kids and my family. Blah 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 blah. You know what happens to you? 
you should have carried a weapon. You should have a gun. This is why they want everybody to have guns, which is the, the, the silliest thing. It's like putting out a fire with a fire. Like, hey, your house is burning down. Let me pour more fire out on it to, you know, put the flames out. It's ridiculous. So let, let's get to that. What, what's your take on one, one, the Second Amendment, and two, the opinion of some that think that, hey, the, the way to solve these problems that we have with gun violence is more guns. Um, one, the, the constitution was constitution was not built for the day. The constitution was built for the times that they were in. They never considered that they would ever have, you know, when, when they wrote the constitution, they didn't know that you were going to be using a fucking AR-15. They didn't, they had no, I did no concept of this stuff when they're talking about the right to right to bear arms, which I might say is very, very vague. Like, I a hundred percent feel like the right to bear arms is up for interpretation because when you look at it, like is, is it really saying that you have the right to carry to, to carry anything to protect yourself? Because it, it kind of feels like it might be saying it might say something else. And I don't know what that interpretation is, but I feel like if I feel like it's up for interpretation in my head. But um when you look at at people who say, hey. I want to protect myself from the federal government. I don't want to protect myself. Like if you think that you and your AR-15 or however many guns you have is going to protect you from the federal government, you got your motherfucking mind. Okay. The federal government has weapons that will blow you, to, blow your shit loose before you even know that you exist. You don't even know that there. You will never hear them coming. You and your gun and the gun you can only carry in two hands. You can only carry two or really just one. Are not are not going to fucking protect you, and the idea that you're going to use these weapons to stop some type of intruder, you are far more likely to shoot your own dick off than you ever are than shooting someone coming into your house. The only reason that I am a proponent of African Americans carrying guns is because it scares the shit out of white folks. I do not. I find guns abhorrent. I don't feel like anybody should ever have a weapon. I don't feel like there's a there's a need for us to have. For you to ever have a gun and because when you have it that's the only answer to every single question if i ask you if, if if you cut me off in traffic and i got my gun in the car suddenly i feel like that is a that is a murderable offense you know what i'm saying or if you bump into me while i'm in the store i'm like motherfucker i will shoot your whole ass off right now like but if you don't have it and you know there's a possibility that you could get your ass kicked you will start de-escalating situations because you don't want to get you don't want to get into a fight it's stupid this is no you know what i mean i know exactly what you mean i, I feel you on that i think that um there is a certain amount of ego that comes with owning a the gun there's also a certain amount of responsibility that comes with owning the gun i think people miss out on the responsibility side of it and sometimes right. they lean more to that e egotistical side where i have a gun yeah. this gun can't be taken from me because this gun gives me power Right. I know a lot of people right. feel like the gun gives you power and things like that. And I've always felt that conversation interesting because I, I am a strong component of like, I don't mind people owning guns. I don't mind people owning whatever they want to own. But I also want people to be responsible with what they own. Yeah. And the problem is we have so many cases of yeah. people not being responsible. So you, yeah. you have these shootings and things like that. You can't say, well, that's just a one-time thing because it's not a one-time thing. It's, it's a constant thing that happens. So at some point, I feel like, and this is one of the reasons why I'm having this conversation with all these different people, 
I feel like doing nothing is not the answer anymore. You don't know. I don't know if I don't know. I can say, and I, I, I ha- I'm having these conversations because I don't know what the answer is. But I know for one thing, doing nothing is not it. I mean, we've been doing nothing for too long. I mean, at the very, very least, we should be having universal, universal background checks. If nothing, if you do nothing, like you don't ban another gun, everybody that purchased a weapon should should have be cross checked with the national database to make sure, like, with a set of criteria, like you don't have any any felonies or or like you don't have any armed robberies or whatever that criteria is. You're fucking crazy. Whatever that is, you need to at least be cross checked through through that and there needs to be like a wake period like hey a couple days five days like i shouldn't be able to go into walmart or go into a pawn shop and buy an ar-15 and come and leave with that motherfucker today i guess that's ridiculous that's that's insane to me you know when you look at what happened in and um duvaldi like dude bought the shit like what the same day the next day like he came he went and bought it and was like ah i got it now I don't know, so I'm gonna do wild shit with with this gun I just bought. That's insane to me. Like, and then for for these for these mass shootings, for your answers to be, oh, well, hey, it's a mental health issue. Okay, well, where are your mental health services? What are you doing to prevent someone like this from doing this again? You know, what 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 service are you providing for people who need mental health? If you think this is an issue, then you need to do something. Fix it. Show me what you're doing. But because otherwise, the other option is to limit their access, someone's access to weapons. That's it. That's it. That's all that's it. You know, like I don't I don't want to take anybody, I don't want to take anybody's guns, but the idea that you can easily access these things and that you need to wait five days that you like, I don't want to wait. Like that's, that's not acceptable. Like you wait for everything. If you were to buy a Tesla today, you're not going to get it tomorrow. You gonna, it's going to, you don't wait a fucking month. You wait longer to get a fucking Tesla and you do a gun. It's just insane. We live in, we live in ass backwards world. And, and, and the biggest issue with that with me is that we're, we're letting the, crazy dumbass redneck ass white folks run this conversation fuck them like fuck them like that shit does not make any sense you do not run the world like just because you're white your answer is not you do you know how many times i've heard someone and this happens on twitter a lot some random white guy who had who who butted into black folks business and, and thought we gave a fuck about what you think about anything. Like, Hey, I'm not listening to the new Beyonce city. Okay. Well, that's not, that's you. Well, for me, I'm gonna turn up. Like, I don't care. <laughs> but I don't care what you think, homie. You know what I'm saying? This is not, this is not your lane. And this is what we should be doing on a, on a large basis. Like, like we give these guys way too much power to control the conversation and treat them like they actually coming in with not only something to say, but with a valid conversation. Like we know that your, that, that your ideas are bullshit and based on nothing. Yet we, what, then we come to the table, like, like, like you're saying, you're not. It's an, it, it drives me nuts. <laughs> yeah, I, can, I see that. I have a question because something interesting was brought up in one of these, in one of these little shorts we, we we've done so far, and the conversation became. I spoke to a somebody who was in charge of a gun club, an African American man, and one of the things he brought up, which I thought was an interesting fact, 
is that a lot of times the reason because he was we were talking to sell some gun laws and things like that. And you'll like I said, when this comes out, you'll hear the whole thing. But one of the things he brought up is a lot of times that these gun laws that come out, they make them in a way so they only affect black people. They do. And that's why he's kind of opposed to any new gun laws coming out because he feels like, frankly speaking, plenty of Americans feel like we can't trust this government to make laws that are fair. That's true. So what I mean, yeah. So you don't want to talk about the the gun control law of 1968. Like it's exactly what happened. They created laws that targeted weapons that African Americans were using. You know what I'm saying? Weapons that 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 we were purchasing and weapons that we were that that were being used in, in the commissions of crimes and things like that. These are the kind of guns that they wanted to take off the street. You know what I'm saying? They're not. They're not banning hunting rifles you know what i'm saying they they're, they're trying to ban you know small 22s or small pocket weapons and stuff like that or limiting your access to those things so he's he's exactly he's exactly correct i and this is one of the, the you know I, i'd like to think of myself as a complicated man this is one of the reasons why i believe that everybody if if every black person should own a gun and multiple guns many guns I want you to own a lot of them shits. Nothing else. You should at least have your license because motherfuckers need to know that you could go get one or that it's, it's an option. It's a goddamn option because nothing scares white folks like niggas having guns. And you, as you see with the Black Panthers, you know what I'm saying? The, the scariest thing to any, because these laws, when they talk about these laws, these laws are like, they only care about taking guns away from white people. You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't give a damn. They limit your weapons. That's why they always talking about Chicago, 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 Chicago. Let me tell you something, man. If it was, if it wasn't easy for you to purchase weapons, if these guns were weren't able to be purchased on the open market, you it the price of guns goes exponentially higher on the black market. The black market is still dependent on the legitimate market for these guns. These guns are get out are from robberies or like I broke into your house and I found these guns. You know what I'm saying? Like some of this stuff gets like some of this stuff comes from from other sources. For well, vast majority of them are from commit in the commission of a crime. So they're not available to people. How do you get them? See what I'm saying? I think I think the guy mentioned once that in Australia the AR-15 is $37,000. $37,000 on the black market. Who the fuck are you going to get $37,000 from? This is the this is the reason why limited access to these weapons takes guns out of the... Like, they're like, only criminals can have them. No, that's not what happens. Nobody has them because they can't afford them. And if you have $37,000, you're spending your $37,000. You're not buying a gun. <laughs> you have to chicken off your money. So anyway... Can we... Back, let me ahead. ask you this since you brought it up. I think this is an interesting question. Can we do... I feel like we've gotten to that point in this country and I think this has been a constant conversation. About Anytime you have a conversation about gun control, this is a constant thing that comes up. The the cat's out the bag with this, the gun situation in, in America. Every, everybody who owns one, owns one. They don't want to give it up. Right. Is there any way we can put the cat back in the bag, per se? The only thing you can do Take from here... guns... You're not going to be able to take them from them, That's but what, what you can do is limit future purchases. I can limit your ability to sell those guns. I, I can limit your ability to um, 
like you could give them away, but but if you don't have a marketplace or a place to go sell them, or it's difficult to sell, or it's difficult to acquire acquire new ones, then the ones that you have suddenly become so so rare and worth so much money that they have more art pieces than than actual protection. And that's the sort of thing that can put the cat back back in the bag. You're not you're not going to be able to go door to door and like, hey hey crazy dude, give me your guns. That's that's not going to happen. But you can certainly um, make them harder to procure now from this point moving forward. And then at some point, your children's, your children's children, your children's children, children, children. Also, if you commit crimes, and, and this is probably ends up, you know, targeting, excessively targeting black people, but if you had, if you made the crimes committed with the weapon harsh, <laughs> that also is another problem because that's what happens in other countries. Other countries, if if you get caught committing a crime with a weapon, it's, it's worse. It sucks. You know what I'm saying? And they have some laws similar to that. But yeah, I think that's a way you can put it back in the bag. And it's a really delicate situation because what ends up happening when you create these laws is a lot of times, like you said, they end up targeting targeting African Americans. Oh, um, and, and you know, it's it's really it's a really delicate, really delicate situation, you know. But what I what I will say is that the world we live in now, the world we live in now, where it's like a damn near free for all, that we need to be all in on this world, and and you should be just like that, you know, the black gun uh, club owner that you talked about, and procure and procure as many guns as possible because it scares the shit out of white folks. I want you to know that I'm just like you. Like this is a problem with a lot of right wing people. They think they're the only motherfucker with a gun. <laughs> you're not the only motherfucker with a gun and you can only hold one or two in your hand like like you can have 25 but you can only hold one like you better pick you better pick your favorite <laughs> so it's you know it's this whole thing is a delicate extremely delicate situation and honestly i don't feel like it's any way that anybody or everybody is going to be happy with what we do but if you tiptoe around it and you decide that we're going to attempt to try to placate people you still you're never gonna get anything done. You need to rip that band-aid off and do then do what's right and and make it it's gonna hurt and it's gonna suck, but it's just gonna eat a dick. Like you have to just deal with it. You know what I'm saying? Because the idea that that you're willing to wet, let two-year-old I mean, two-year-olds uh second graders die just because you don't want because you don't want to give up your gun, like you no one loves their gun that much. You don't love your gun that much. Do you think all these shootings that we've had lately, these mass shootings, could have been prevented? If we had better laws in place, or if most of them could have been prevented, if it was more difficult to acquire weapons, if it was, if it was, they were more expensive, if they were harder, if I couldn't just go into a a pawn shop or a gun shop and go get a weapon and it'd be able to come out today with everything I need to have a fucking mass shooting, I think, um, I think you could have at least limited some of those. I, I want to say that a few of those guys had documented um, mental health issues that had you had some type of universal background check, <laughs> it would have been like, oh, okay, that's what's wrong. That, this this is a red flag. We probably should not give him a weapon. But of course they didn't, they didn't check. They just giving them out for free. It's very, it's very similar to that, that Simpsons episode where they're like, you know, when Ned Flanders was, um, you know, with the beatnik parents and he was, 
doing, he was acting wild and it was like, we tried nothing and we all out of ideas. This, these, this is, this is the, uh, the country right now. We don't know what to do. You ain't done shit. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Changing topics a little bit. What do you think of the idea? Cause this has been a topic of conversation. They've been saying, Instead of getting guns off the street, giving good guys guns to take out the bad guys. Like, one of the things that's been brought up is, let's give teachers guns in school. Another thing has been brought up, let's have security guards all up in school and to prevent these situations like that from happening. <laughs> and I ask this because I know... What did they say? What did the other people say? Like, what you, was anybody for this? Well, I, I, I don't think. Yeah, listen up, so I want to get okay. too much, much into it. Okay, but yeah, I, I'm just curious. <laughs> I, I, will, I will say this. I don't know your background, what school you went to. I do remember when I went to school. And I mentioned, I think I mentioned this one one of the episodes, one of these parts. When I went to school, we had an off-duty police officer that was in front of our school every day. Yep, he would be there every day. From like I want to say like nine to like one, and didn't come back at like three when everybody's getting out. And that was a thing, and because of that, we didn't really have any problems with like shootings and things like that. In other schools, depending on where you were at, like I know in New York, it was a thing. They had metal detectors. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, that wouldn't help them here. They were only in the inner city. Yeah, because they didn't expect they didn't expect you to go. They that stuff is designed to protect the students from other students. <laughs> Not some crazy motherfucker who could bought a gun and want to shoot up the school. And they usually don't put those those in, you know, elementary school, which is where he went. You know what I'm saying? And the whole idea of hardening um an elementary school or schools in general is silly because all this guy is looking for, what they talk about, they call them soft targets. All these guys are looking for a soft target. So all you do is say, okay, well, you hard in elementary school. Well, now I'm going, let me go to a mall. Let me go to a fucking Walmart. Let me drive three hours to go to a supermarket where I know I can find black people. And that's another problem. Just off subject a little bit. It's another motherfucking problem. Some shit that I hate. And this is how you know that, you know, that hate is like, what's wrong with you? Nigga, why the fuck did you drive three hours to come to a black area? Like, like, like no, nobody hates nothing that much. That you drove three hours to go shoot up a black store. Like nobody came. Ain't no, ain't no black person coming out, going all the way to South Park to go look to sh- to shoot white people. That's crazy. That is that is insane, insane. But anyway, the idea that you're trying to harden tar- targets, you just leave soft everywhere else. It's like putting you know bulletproof armor and like well people typically people get shot in the chest well now you didn't left your arm and your neck and your face your legs everything else and they just shoot you somewhere else and this is exactly what exactly what will happen plus the fact they got these ideas or they want to have one interest point one way out what happens in a fire and now the kids can't get out or what happens when he shoots the resource officer and now He's funneling all of you kids out the one goddamn exit in this entire school. Like none of these answers make any fucking sense unless you have to face the issue. Like I am totally okay with you having, they used to call them resource officers here. I'm totally okay with you having a resource officer here 
You know what I'm saying? Because that's what they do. He's an officer. He's a police officer. He probably wasn't doing shit anyway. He most likely retired. And that's cool. That's cool. But you still need to couple that with some type of gun control laws. And my wife, and, and before I, I, I digress, um, my wife's a teacher. And there is no scenario where my wife carries a fucking gun. And I know some states were like, yeah, we want, you know, the people who want to have guns can carry guns at school in some states. They were testing a law. And I was like, the motherfuckers that would sign up to carry a gun to school are exactly the kind of person that you wouldn't want to carry a gun to school. And when you bring a gun to school, you are far more likely to shoot one of your students that didn't pitch you off, this kid that keep picking on you every single day that you ain't had, that you want to knuckle up with, or one of these kids goes in your desk because he knows exactly where you keep your, your weapon. You know what I'm saying? And now he didn't use that weapon to shoot up a school. What happens then? What happens then? This scenario, you cannot fight guns with guns because the problem with guns is you're far more likely to shoot somebody who you don't intend than to shoot somebody who has actually had those bad intentions. This is why you can't do this. And it should be obvious to people, but people are so focused on keeping their weapons and so ingrained in their mind that they should keep their weapons that they're blinded to anything else but the fucking right answer. And this is the reason why I can't argue with these dudes, because I give you all the answers and you keep you still keep coming up with the wrong answer. <laughs> I give you the answer. You keep coming up with the wrong answer. So, yeah, it's frustrating. I hate it. I'm sick of it. <laughs> Let me ask you your thoughts on the whole situation. Go on to the Texas thing a little bit with the police officers waiting outside and the whole mess that we are finding out more and more about that, everything that happened there. Are you asking me questions? Oh, I thought you were about to follow or something. I'm waiting on, I'm waiting on you to say something oh, no, else. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> so I just wanted your thoughts on the whole situation. Okay. I think it's, it's a mess. Um, it's weird. And, 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 it's, and the thing about it, I bring it up because it's a small counter to the argument of we can stop the bad guys with guns by bringing in good guys with guns. See, because those were supposed to be good guys with guns. No, and they just sat there and did nothing and settled their hands, and they've been covering up something. And I feel like they did something bad. I feel like they either shot someone. Or like something other than just sat outside because of the whole cover up. They've been covering up the investigation and and stalling it, and I don't understand why. Like, it had you accidentally shot someone um, while trying to breach the school, that happens a lot. Like, like when you, if you ever seen like talks about SWAT teams and when they go in, they didn't shoot everybody. Like they tell innocent people to get the fuck on the ground because anybody standing up is going to get it because they don't know who who is what so the 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 idea that you could shoot someone that you didn't intend maybe but i don't know they, they, the whole thing just seems like they, they they're too harsh on the cover-up like i don't know it, the, the the feeling with me is that they're covering up something something that they did bad and it's more than just them waiting outside um on the point of of them and the good guys and bad guys. Honestly, like the whole idea that you're here to protect and serve and that you would wait outside for any reason. Like this is what you do. Like you guys told me you went through SWAT. Like I seen pictures of them going through SWAT training. 
I, I don't understand what you're what you're waiting on. Like the, the police chief, one of his first answers was like, I thought the kids in, the house, in, in there were dead. Well, motherfucker, that would still be the reason why you would go in there. Like you still like if there was a hope, like like the, the, the moment I heard this and, and I was like, well, we don't want to go in. We don't know what the situation is like. Like if it was me and those are my kids, you're going to have to shoot me because I'm going in there like I'm going to get my baby. You know what I'm saying? Like this is happening. Whatever happens, happens. I'm going to, I'm going to get him. So the idea that the cops were then scared, like protect the sir. This is what you do. Like you tell, you tell me every day that your, that your job is dangerous and that you could die in any moment. I might get shot. Here's the, the, the today might be that day. Do your job. You know what I'm saying? This is what this is. You signed up for this. It's exactly the sort of thing that you signed up for. And, and it's sad to me to watch like, you sit on the outside, you sit on the sidelines. Like, I'm already don't trust cops. Like, this was your moment to shine, honestly. This is your moment. <laughs> I already don't yeah. trust you guys. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's disheartening to see something like that because there's already a divide. I don't think it's only a divide with black people. I know that's a thing that's kind of often said because nobody you know, likes cops. It's because the only, them, those, those blue, blue lives matter motherfuckers, they don't even like cops. Ain't a person in here who would turn into an intersection and the cop get behind her and he'd be like, hi, oh my God, I am so glad that he showed up behind me. Every person would be like, shit, blue, blue life matter, little, little dumbass blue flag, you're liar, you're full of shit, you hate cops, everybody hates cops. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it seems like they've been getting a lot of flack for every, like when you look at the whole George Floyd situation, this situation, even if you go back to like um, the resource officer in, uh, with the Parkland thing, him not him not reacting to the situation the way he's supposed to. It's a constant stream of, and this is another conversation for another day, but. Negative media. Uh, not only that, but how can we built trust back in our police department because in, in police because oh. the, the problem the problem is this is the situation where you get you garner trust. Yeah, this is a slam dunk situation. Like, hey, there are kids in this building, and I think hey. both both sides, whether Republican or Democrat, Democrat, can agree that this is an awful situation. Those they kids need to, be, to be in the community. Like, like, like they can't just show up. You can't just show up when bad things happen. This is one of the problems with, especially when you have, you know, communities, bad communities, bad communities, traditionally black communities. The only time they ever see police officers is when some fucked up happened. And even then, like, I am a law abiding for the most part. <laughs> law-abiding citizen ain't nobody, i'm not doing nothing crazy i ain't never been handcuffed i ain't never been to jail i ain't never been fingerprinted i don't ever want to be fingerprinted but i also don't want to call the police even if they even if they're here i'm i'm here for like something happened to me like somebody broke into my car i'm like fuck i gotta call the police like it's an automatic negative reaction and i never really had a negative experience with the police i just don't want to deal with them because i know what that sets up little story one day i was in the house this is my dad's house and i was sitting at the computer and someone shot out my window of my of my room like it the, the bullet went through the window and into my closet and like landed in my brother's closet like on the other side of the house 
And had I been standing up near my window, like near the closet, it hit me in the head. So they called the police. I didn't even see who did it. I don't even know what was going on. I I don't know what happened because it was just like an isolated incident. We called the police. And the first thing they asked me, well, who do you have beef with? Motherfucker beef. Why would you assume? Why would you assume they were shooting at me? Like, like why was that your first question? <laughs> And this is the shit I'm talking about. They don't, it's always something bad. You need to be in the community having like doing community social programs and meeting people and talking to people and shaking hands. And they need to, they need to see you like out here, just protecting them, not, not, not out here trying to arrest them, but I need to see you attempting to protect us. And this is how you go about changing your, your um perception because right now it's, it's, it's a fucking siege mentality the the people in these communities feel like they're under siege from the criminals and under siege from the police so it's like i can't trust none of you motherfuckers so you know what i'm gonna shut up and i'm gonna keep my head down and i ain't seen nothing i to this day to this day i ain't never told the police nothing i could have saw you could have shot somebody right in front of my house i don't know nothing about nothing I don't know what happened because I don't want to be in this. I don't want to be involved. <laughs> I don't want to be involved in none of this. Final question. I think this is interesting. Do you ever think we'll live in a time in our lifetime where gun control laws maybe get better or we have a situation where we stop having as many mass shootings as we have in this country because we have a lot? We have like, man, multiple times more than even the next closest country. Yes. Absurd. I don't, you know what? It's possible. I remember, and I always point back to this, but I remember a day when I said they would never have a black president. Like, not in my lifetime, race relations. Like, race relations, you know, they aren't that bad, aren't, you know, that bad. But I didn't think that you could get, you know, 60 million uh, people to vote for a black man. And yet, we did that shit. Um, you know, they voted for a fucking psychopath right after that, but I, I digress. Um, so I guess it's possible, but I doubt it. I just, the propaganda is so strong for it, against it, that it's just, I guess, such, it's, it's pretty much on the same level as abortion, where like them two issues, those are like their, their issues. Abortion, and gun control. You ain't taking my guns, and we need to protect babies. And that feels that doesn't feel like it should go together. But whatever, hey, that cognitive dissonance, we roll with that. So I just don't see a scenario where that ever happens. And I remember watching. God, I forgot the name of the lady who was the president of NRA. But if you you look her up, she looks like like mother. You know, through mother from the train. What's the mama from the Goonies? I can't remember her name. I know you but you know what I'm talking about. Like she looked like that. Like real. Like you like you done some hard had a hard life. Anyway, uh, back after the Columbine shootings, the NRA had plans on apologizing and then um, giving people money. They were going. They were going to give people money, and she was like, "Nah, fuck that. We give them nothing." We give them nothing because we don't want to open the door for them to blame us for every single thing. We're going to stop apologizing because right after that, they were going to have a convention, kind of like Uvalde, where they had an NRA convention almost right after 
the um, the shooting. Columbine had an NRA convention right after that. And they were like, we're not going to cancel the convention. We're going to keep on pimping as usual. We're going to do thoughts and prayers and consent our condolences. And then we're going to full steam ahead. And, and what you saw from that point on is this mass media thoughts and prayers ever since then after every mass shooting it's been the same narrative and you see that within not just the nra but within our politicians they they're so ingrained to thoughts and prayers they say that after everything anytime anything bad happens thoughts and prayers thoughts and prayers you have the nra directly to blame for that so that kind of propaganda i just don't see that going away not easily not easily not unless they get bankrupted (laughs) or something are we forced? They're forced to. I think this is a good t- conversation, brother. Thank you for coming on. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me, man. This is dope. No problem, brother.